Hello and welcome to episode 1056 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Tuesday, May 24th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined this morning by Justin Mason. Justin, good morning, sir. Good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How about yourself? I'm doing all right. Started working out yesterday again, and um, nice. so I'm a little sore. But other than that, I'm uh, and I'm a little sore at Darren Ruff for just <laughs> effing over Alex Cobb. That was tough. Uh, that was tough. Yeah. So, so I, g- give me some rundown there because I was going through the box scores and I saw that he got blasted with six runs, ten hits. But then chat was saying, "Nah, it wasn't as bad as that." I didn't see that game. No, I was watching the it, Padres it was, one. So, so fill me in because there so, were no errors. No, there was like. Two or three um, infield hits in, I think it was the second inning, second or third inning. Okay. Um, and loaded the bases, two outs. Was Ruff playing first or outfield? He was playing left field. Okay. Um, and like, I can't remember who was up to bat, but um, somebody hit like a, just a lazy fly ball, but right to the foul line. And Ruff fucking missed it he got there missed it went it, it landed like a foot within the foul line he ended up rolling into the netting and getting kind of stuck um oh so then the play keeps going yeah so two runs scored uh and then uh, or no no maybe yeah is it two runs scored yeah two runs scored and then um moments later uh uh, Pete Alonso comes up and hits a, a three run jack. Um, and so he catches that, that saves five runs. And yeah. because he didn't touch the ball, no error, there was no error. Um, that, that's the problem with errors, too. Like they're, they're mm-hmm. just so, uh, such arbitrary horseshit. Yeah. And like, and I know I, the Giants love this platooning stuff and it works, right? Like, yeah. we, you know, yeah. it, it does work. Like, I don't want to act like it doesn't. Um, Ruff has no business out in the outfield. Like, that's I'm, true. Kevin Paldo really needs to play. Like, you know, like he, he really needs to be the first baseman. You don't um, you're, wait. You're going to besmirch the great name of, I mean, you didn't even say his name, right? It's Kevin Padlo. You said, no, Paldo. no, no, it's Paldo to me. Paldo. Okay. Paldo, so you, yeah. Kevin Paldo. You don't think he's a good number five hitter? Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was brutal. Cause I mean, in spite that of that, rough. he went he went six innings. Yeah, and, and struck out seven. seven. Yep, didn't no walk walks. anybody. Um, it was a lot of uh, it was a lot of soft contact that just found holes. Um, and uh, you know, I, I wrote up last night for the runner write up. So if you guys want, you can go read that. Um, but like you know, he had a 474 BABIP, which, you know, brought his BABIP for, BABIP for the season up to like 417, I think it is. Um, he He's going to be fine. Like, this is the easiest buy low ever. Um, but it's just, it's so frustrating, uh, especially when like, you know, they had, they got staked a two run or two run lead in the first off of a, a Crawford homer mm-hmm. um, and, and just blew it. Just absolutely blew it. With Cobb, this is a buy low that could wind up on the wire, though. He's 48% Absolutely. at Yahoo, 30% at ESPN already. Mm-hmm. And he might start popping up on some 12s if people don't do a proper investigation yeah. or they just get too irked by the 11.4 hit rate. But 625 ERA 
273 fit for Alex Cobb. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's right there. And I got to be honest, it's not all that dissimilar to Alex Wood. It's so easy to confuse them, too. A couple of Alexes with four-letter last names that are oft injured. The main difference is righty versus lefty. But other than that, they have a lot of similarities. And if they start popping up on wires, they are insta-pickups for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're guys I'm, uh, I'm just watching to see if anybody drops them in my league. I will say... We're going to get into fixing your whip today with some guys that you can trade for and pick up. Both of them have hideous whips at uh, over one five. I would still say pick them up, though. Wood and Absolutely. Cobb, because mm-hmm. when they're going, their whips will help you. And they both have gaudy hit rates over 11 right now that is driving their problems. And a lot of it is defense related, like you're saying, and simple bad luck. And I mean, the Giants should have good infield defense. This exactly. Be like it's, um, you know, you've got Crawford, Longoria's back. Uh, I mean, um, this should be a better defensive team than it's played early on in the season. So don't play Darren Ruff or Paldo. Yeah, fuck, man. I just <laughs> Carl it's so, Paddle. Paddle. It's so brutal. Like I'm gonna call I just, him Carl Paddle instead of Kevin Padlo. I like that. I like that. Um, <laughs> Oh, Another thing God. I want to talk about before we get into the into the whip stuff, and I didn't put this on the rundown, but we briefly started talking about it before we jumped on. Um, you're poor in our main event now. You're, <laughs> da- you're down to two eighty five. I'm, I'm not. I'm not Dalton Del Don. You're not poor, destitute but... Del Don. Destitute <laughs> Dalton Del Don. The four Ds. Um, now he put his money on some on some big dogs. He has thirty bucks left. Uh, you have two eighty five though, which you can make work. But you've gone yeah. on a spending spree the last couple of weeks. Obviously, I imagine you'll dial down from here. Your big win this week, you were you were the Gorman getter yeah. at 177, which anything over 200 for me was a little bit of a cutoff that I wasn't comfortable with. And and there were there were bids even a good bit higher than that, I should say, in the fours and threes. In fact, you're one of only eyeballing it here. I'm going to say about. 12 or 15 uh leagues that came in under 200 you are the one two three mm-hmm. four five six seven eight ninth cheapest on gorman i didn't for 177 what's that yeah you didn't think I you were gonna get him at 177 no. you were doing to keep him honest and this is why you always do the keep him honest because you never know there's one league where he went for 101 to 99 yeah. like how comfortable is that person like at 101 there, there i was like an gorman. O- I was on uh, the Bench with Bubba podcast last night filling in for uh, our buddy Toby, uh, who's out on vacation. Um, and Bubba said that in an OC, he went for $27. That's the lowest, yep. And That's insane. He went under 60 in seven OCs, Gorman did. Wow. That's 12 team. But under 60 bucks to take a shot on him. So you got him under 200 in a 15-teamer. I actually I, I like that. And I, I was not very much in on Gorman this week for the same reasons that everyone's talking about, right? The, the swing and miss is the, the concern. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking sub 200, I do like taking the gamble on his power upside. My biggest issue was the price that you were going to have to pay. I, I got to be honest. I thought you got a nice price here. Were you concerned, or are you concerned since you didn't think you were going to win? Are you concerned that you won based on what it does to your money after your spending spree last week with uh, or two weeks ago with uh, with Josh Winder and uh, who else was the other big? Oh, uh, Tyler Wells and Nick Pavetta. Yeah. Pavetta, by the way, Pavetta me. looking great. They yeah, looking really um, nice. So, how, how do you feel now that you did win? A little bit of a surprise, but at a price you felt comfortable with. That's why you put the bid in. Well, and complete transparency in other leagues, I was more aggressive. Like I got him for yeah, in my my other main 
four leagues? Three? Yeah, four four of my five available leagues. Um, I got him for two sixty seven in the tag team. I think three thirteen in uh in my other main, and then oh I can't remember. I can't remember what he paid for uh, what I paid for him in TGFBI. Um, yeah, I. I felt like he was one of the last big call-ups that I was going to get to have for a while. Um, yeah. I know I know some people are talking about Corbin uh, Carroll coming up sure. at some point. I mean, some guys um, will come up, but what if he doesn't come up for a month? You get a whole extra month, yeah. possibly, of Corbin. And what it, you know, he's playing in Arizona. That park isn't the greatest to hit in. Um, and Gorman seems locked in. To playing time, they've been batting him atop, you know, or, uh, high up in that lineup. Um, so I, I, there is obvious risk. We talked about it last Thursday. Jason, uh, Eric, and I talked about it on Sunday. Uh, but you know, I, I was upfront and honest with people who were listening. I was going to be aggressive either way, um, and just kind of hope and praying he doesn't fall, you know, victim to the Josh, you know, low kind of fate. Uh, so far, he's looked pretty damn good, hitting like th- over 300 with only two strikeouts so far. So, and you mentioned that he's betting two his last two yeah. times too. Mm-hmm. And like with Gorman, you know, the, the obvious issue is the is the swing and miss that people are concerned about, and myself as well, and why I didn't want to go too crazy. 34% strikeout rate with a 16% swinging strike rate, down to 10% right now early yeah. on with his swinging strike rate and 13% strikeouts. We're going to keep a close eye on it, right? That can flip yep. on one 0 for 4 yeah, game one, with yeah. three strikeouts. So can flip tonight, yeah. we're not close uh, as far as stabilizing there. But similar to Juan Yepes, the Cardinals are committed to their guys when they call them up. They put Gorman up, boom, he's batting three of the four games. The one off was against the lefty, and now he's batting twice or uh, two in, in, in back-to-back games. That's, that's encouraging. And so now – as you navigate where you're at here, and I will say, um, you asked uh, about your NFB or your TGFBI. You were second highest at 297. Alex Becky mm. of Baseball HQ was the was the top TGFBI bid at 305. Um, but but sticking with the main event, how will you navigate this now with the with the money that you have? Um, are you done on big bids and, and do you have a certain number that you won't go above? I know a lot of it's contextual, but what, what is your general idea now that you have 287 for the rest of the season? Yeah, I mean, I'm probably not gonna bid more than 40 or 50 bucks on any one guy. And I want to have probably about 80 to 100 bucks as we enter the last four to six weeks of the season. So that leaves you 205 basically for June, July, and August, and mm-hmm. another week this week in May. Yeah, so it's going to be a matter of um, really budgeting out my money, making sure that, you know, it would be a lot of $3, $7, yeah. you know, $10 bids kind of thing. Um, and, you know, this is where it becomes really important to start looking ahead, you know, especially with, like, starting pitchers, starts, right? Like, yeah. And not two starts this week, but who who has the nice two starts next week? And yes. can I stash them for a week um, uh, to pick it up? So uh, this is how I, you know, or one of the you know, reasons I ended up with Martin Perez in a few leagues, uh, which has been working out uh, fairly nicely. So <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to last. Be but, careful, uh, but uh, yeah. it's been going very well. So, uh, yeah, I mean, 
you know, if you're going to be aggressive early, it means you're you you don't you're not going to have the hammer late. Um, so if there are guys that end up like either popping up from the minors or people drop, um, you know, because their roster crunches uh, become uh, too much to bear, uh, then I'll be out on those guys. But the hope is that I'll have Gorman for longer than other people will get. You yes. know, the Corbin Carrolls or the. Um, you know, DL uh, halls of the world that will be coming up probably at some point. Yeah, I, I think that's a great way to put it too. And uh, that's that's really the big issue is like when you get the guys, you get that extra volume. And listen, yeah. it's not surprising that you went for Nolan Gorman because his best case is what you want is to be a Paul DeYoung. <laughs> and if you look at Paul DeYoung's yeah, first season, it's true. He was crushing the ball, but we were all like, I don't know about this because he's striking out too much. But he outran it for that first full year, mm-hmm. 25 homers, 285. Like when, when you're hitting the ball that hard, you can overcome it for a 443 plate appearance sample. That's what you're hoping for from Gorman. He's got the power to do it. And maybe, maybe he tamps down the strikeouts a bit too. Sometimes, you know, guys, uh, not that they're like goofing around in triple a but maybe he was selling out to be like let me just put these homers up and go all or nothing here in the minors then when i get to the majors i'll i'll dial in a little bit more because he did only strike out 20 percent of the time last year that's the only reason i say that with with gorman yeah it's not like he's been a strikeout uh monster throughout his entire minor league career so maybe Maybe there's some improvement here. It's been kind of up and down. It was 27% in double A, 32%. So he's had high ones. I don't expect him to really be like a sub 20% guy, but no. premium hitter, 22 years old, great pickup. I like what, I like your aggressiveness, and our league is super tight, by the way. I, I was telling you I'm up to six. I could be 11 today, though. Six, yeah. six to 11, that range there just pops around. Yeah. I, I'm sure the Cardinals, like, you know, told Gorman like when they brought him up, like, "Hey, if you want to stick at the majors, you cannot strike out at a forty percent clip. Like, it just it just can't happen." Um, so yeah, I, I'm hoping he he is you know learning and going. Hey, I you know can't swing at everything, but um, you know we'll see. It, it's a gamble, but you know one of the things we you know I talked about before we hit the record button that although I'll repeat uh, for the entire audience was. You know, I you know my one weakness that I left in that draft uh, yep. when we left Vegas was power, um, and uh, you know, and so I needed to be aggressive to get what I felt like could be a really big power source off the wire uh, in a guy like Gorman. So um, you know, hopefully it doesn't blow up in my face, but uh, I think uh, I think there's a good shot that um, he can kind of carry me to a. a a better spot my team is gone from early in the season being like in the top three uh to now i think at 10th place or something like that so but again as, as much as the standings are changing uh, i was i was fifth place like two days ago like yeah was, you know, and that's why i'm not even like geeking that i'm i uh, yeah. have spiked up to seventh because i know or six because i know it doesn't mean anything right now mm-hmm. and not to twist the knife but uh I still think it was that that duo there it, when you went mm-hmm. when you went uh, Benintendi Verdugo, and if you put Hunter Renfro in there right now, you have seven more homers. But you're addressing it, and uh, yeah. obviously, I I wish you some luck, but not the most luck because we're in the yes. same league. So I can I can only wish you so much luck. But I'm eager to see how you play it the rest of the way, and it will force your hand to be like you said a little bit more uh, digging a bit more deeper. 
to see who those two starts are or or a ben a, a guy that you like who's a short side platoon but they get five lefties two weeks down the road type of deal so we'll see how you play that but let's talk about fixing whip because i think that is first off we've talked about this a bunch on the pod in the in recent years how fixing your ratios is possible uh, and a lot easier later than people think. They always seem to think that like once you hit the middle of the season, ah, you can't fix your ratios anymore. But that's actually not true. And the one who really put me on that uh, was Todd Zola and a lot of investigative work that he did on that, analyzing it. Because one of the key factors that he always brings up is ratios are the only categories where the your opponents can move back toward you. Mm-hmm. So things can work in concert where you're moving up and they're moving down in all the counting categories. It's all straight up. And so there is a case that if, if the standings are uh, uh, close enough, right? Cause it also matters on how stratified your standings are, but if they're close enough, you can almost make bigger moves in ratios than you can uh, counting categories at a certain point in the season. However, right now, everything's still pretty open. Um, and so do not ignore your ratios and do not let them get too bad because if you start, you know, falling too far behind, then you won't be able to catch up. You'll just have to start taking hail Mary's and you'll kill your ratios. So we've got some guys that you can pick up in shallower formats, but also some guys you can trade for that will not be cheap, but they also won't cost you your best players. So let's talk about 10 players to possibly fix your whip. Let's start with a guy who had a brilliant outing yesterday. Uh, taking a perfecto into the sixth, giving up a, a hit in the sixth, and then a couple more uh, as he finished eight. And that was Tyler Anderson, who went eight scoreless with five hits, zero walks, eight strikeouts. He's having a wonderful season, Tyler Anderson is, with the Dodgers. He was a sneaky guy that uh, a lot of sharps were in on. Uh, going to the Dodgers kind of instantly earns you some credibility. And uh, he had some pretty good skills last year. So you figure a team like the Dodgers being able to maximize a decent foundation of skills. And here we are with a 330 ERA and a 1.01 whip with a 21% strikeout minus walk rate for Tyler Anderson. He doesn't walk anybody with a 3% mark. And he's on one of the best teams in the league. So the 32-year-old lefty is only rostered at 50% of Yahoo leagues and 37% of ESPN leagues. I think those numbers are too low, even for a shallower format. I don't know why Tyler Anderson isn't more uh, uh, more, more highly rostered. It's a two-start week this week. He gets at Arizona later this week, and then uh, the Mets come to visit him in, in uh, Chavez Ravine next week. I really like Tyler Anderson. I think he's a good pickup for people trying to fix their whip. What do you think about Tyler Anderson? Um, He's got a 3% walk rate right now, uh, a career high swing strike rate, career high O swing. Um, things are just rolling really well for him right now. Uh, I do worry that as things start to heat up uh, in the summer that his his fly ball rate is going to catch up to him. He's going to give up uh, uh, quite a few more bombs. So like, I do think that this is probably uh, a little bit of fool's gold. Um, I do think he can keep it up for a little while here. Uh, and um, I think I'm, you know, if, if I do have him in a league, so like I'm riding the hot streak and kind of waiting for that, like first multi-homer game. Um, yeah, Cause he's still at one, two right now. Tyler Anderson, mm-hmm. it, it, even, even in the midst of this homers are his thing. That's part of the, like a guy who isn't overpowering, who doesn't walk anybody. He lives in the zone, right? So mm-hmm. he's going to give up homers, but if they're solos, I don't know. I'm just not that concerned about it. Like, yeah. what do you think his ERA is going to be from here forward? 
probably projections, which are four six four seven. Oh yeah, uh, probably four two something like that. Um, which I mean is still as is useful, and I mean he's on the best team in the National League, uh, and uh, so see he can be like four two with like a one fourteen whip. Mm-hmm. That's the thing, and, and and rack up a ton of wins because I mean exactly. this is a team. He's got a pretty good strikeout rate too, by the way. Him and Gonson carrying that team, by the way, right now. I know because wow. they don't have their normal depth mm-hmm. at all. And Gonso, you know, I would put I would have put Gonso on this list, but his walk rate still scares me a bit, and he's kind of riding off of his hit suppression, um, and so that's why I didn't end up putting him, even though he has an 097 whip. But yeah, you're right. Like they've been amazing while Buer and Urias are just kind of. They're not treading water. They're better than treading water, but they haven't been god tier. Yeah, they haven't been. Kershaw and Heaney are on the IL, of course. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I don't know when Kershaw's coming back. I know Heaney is working his way back. Yeah, Kirk. I mean, Kershaw. Not not even. It's not. He is not even going to start throwing. And um, I can't remember if it was on Friends Fantasy Benefits. I think it was, but or it might have been on the Sleep in the Bus. Um, but we were talking Eric Samolski. He was talking about his his friend is um. Uh, like an orthopedic surgeon or a chiro, chiro person, um, and was like, "Hey, explain to me this injury." And it's all about the like the ability to like transfer power from your lower body to your upper body. This is what that injury affects. Like that with, is with a Kershaw's huge, injury. Yeah, and that's like a huge part of pitching. Of so um, he's not even going to throw for a few weeks. So like, it sounds really, really, uh, really bad. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, man, I I, I want to like Anderson. I'm just a little afraid of the home runs. You're probably right, though. I mean, if he can continue to keep this walk rate just minuscule the way he does, he's been attacking hitters. He's got like a 69% uh, percent, uh, first pitch strike rate right now, Very which is nice. super nice. Yeah, so uh, yeah. I, I like him. I like him. I'm going to take a shot here and, and kind of hold him in these shallower formats where Tyler Anderson's mm-hmm. available and, you know, We'll see how it goes. Obviously, I'm not going to be starting him in Coors, and maybe I take a take a day off uh, every once in a while against like a, a San Diego type team, and maybe even that Mets game next week. Maybe even that one's a sit. But I do think there's enough here where even with the one two home run rate that Tyler Anderson has in a one four career, um, there can still be enough here because, like I said, one of the most undervalued assets, and we've talked about this on the pod a ton too, is the guy who has a mediocre era something in the in the low fours but a wonderful whip and that was Mm -hmm. joe musgrove before he finally broke out um he used to be like 410 era 113 whip that's what tyler anderson can be with a good strikeout rate and tons of wins so if you got your era fixed and it's it's good then even if he posts a 430 440 era tyler anderson might still have enough value for you to kind of keep him i wonder if he's gonna get more strikeouts i mean he's got a 15 percent swing strike rate and a 42 percent o swing right now that's what i'm saying like he's getting people i think that can go up yeah Mm -hmm. and so if you're getting k's dubs whip what i don't what if the air is he could be he could be robbie ray he could be he could be well robbie ray with good wit yeah 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 because old Robbie Ray didn't necessarily have good. Work. But I mean, but yeah. strikeouts, a strikeouts guy that gives you home runs, but because he's attacking the zone, it like works. He's not. He's not going to crush you. Yeah. So more, more Robbie Ray last year, but not quite Cy Young yeah. capable. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Tyler Anderson, really, really like him. Definitely available in a lot of leagues as well. This guy's even more available 
doesn't quite have the same track record uh, this year. But I think you mentioned that you have him in a couple weeks. You sat him against the Dodgers, which makes sense. Who knew Zach Eflin was going to go drop 12 punches on the Dodgers uh, when they came to visit? But he's been rolling a bit, even including a, a bad outing against the Mets. He's got a 347 ERA and 23 strikeouts in his last 23 and a third innings. Um, and that's, like I said, with a five earned in four and a third at the Mets. The other three are absolute gems. And Zach Eflin has a 114 whip. And, you know, even last year, like 125 whip is not great. But depending on where you're at, like what kind of whip you're fixing, if it's obviously a, 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 a 130 or higher type whip, then his 125 from last year can help. But right now, he's not walking anybody, and his hits have come down a bit. And that's kind of the key to Eflin being a whip aid, is that if he keeps the hits under one per inning with his walk rate, he can be a, a whip asset. But I think he it really comes down to whether or not that defense can help him, and it's a shit defense. So he basically kind of needs to get lucky, but there aren't that many whip guys available for pickup. So we got to go where we can go and 17% Yahoo, 9% ESPN for Zach Eflin gave me some intrigue here. He gets the Mets this week in, in city and then San Francisco at home next week. So two difficult challenges, but is Zach Eflin somebody who's on your radar? And like I said, I already know he is because you picked him up uh, and didn't start yeah. Dodgers outing. Yeah, I picked him up in a few leagues um, right before he came off the uh, the IL. Mm -hmm. uh, just kind of on a gamble. I've always liked Eflin. He's always um, had some like some intrigue, some foundation yeah, intrigue. He's very much like Pavetta in the way that the fantasy industry has been trying to kick that football and falling on her ass like Charlie <laughs> Brown for for years. Um, and he kind of looks like the guy we saw in 2020 in that shortened season where people are like, oh. Is this the breakout? This we finally, finally see him. Yeah. Um, he's doing a good job of, you know, not letting balls get into the air, uh, which will be huge for him. He's not walking guys. Um, that I mean, the Dodgers' performance was pretty impressive. Uh, he did give up punch. two solo homers. That's yeah. what both the runs came off of. And they were just location mistakes in the zone, and, and that's going to happen with them. I, I, they're going to be bad days because he pitches in Philadelphia um, and has that defense behind him, which is so bad. But this is really, really intriguing, um, and I would be trying to pick him up just about anywhere he's available. Yeah, I like Eflin as well. Uh, more widely available too, so, so easier to pick mm -hmm. up. Excuse me. Again, the next two matchups are difficult, but I think there's been enough skill here with the 23% strikeout rate, 5% walk rate, that I'm not averse to doing it, even with the difficult matchups incoming. And at the very least, I think Eflin's a team streamer where, you know, you kind of spot him where you feel most comfortable. And uh, again, more widely available than Tyler Anderson. I favor Anderson, but he's just not going to be as available. What about this guy whose roster rate dipped because he went on the IL? He's back. And Bailey Ober's roster rate is more in line with Tyler Anderson's, but I think it should be even higher. He's 48% at Yahoo, 63% at ESPN. Uh, I think that needs to go up. I think it's just a slow reaction to Bailey Ober returning from the IL. This is very much in line with, uh, with the first two guys where he doesn't walk anybody. He gets decent strikeouts. This year they've been a little low, 20 and 24 and two-thirds, but last year he had 96 in 92 innings. Uh, but he doesn't walk anybody. 
A little bit of a home run issue overall for his career. Only two so far this year, though. So maybe he's addressing the home run issue. Actually, I think he's got a very low homer to fly ball rate. But Bailey Obert's off the IL and has some solid availability in um, in shallower formats. Is Bailey Obert somebody you'd pick up to fix your whip? He's got KC and at Detroit for his next two starts. So that's very, very appealing. Yeah, I love him for those two starts. That's like a really good... Uh, <laughs> really good schedule uh, like coming up for him. That? I'm just so worried about the homers. I, I mean, he gives up so many fly balls, and like, he doesn't give up any walks, so they're like solo yeah, shots. I know, but that I mean, I he's right know. like 419, 120 is what he had last year. ERA whip, like that's exactly what we're talking about. Somebody who can help with your whip, even if the mm-hmm. ERA is a bit of a problem. It is a 5% homer to fly ball that's helping his homers this year, so I don't really believe that he's, he's got a 52% fly ball percentage. Yeah, like, the ball's in the air a ton. But I just worry as somebody, like things start to eat up, like that's going to come back to bite him a little bit. You're right, he doesn't walk guys. Um, that could help him uh, kind of keep things at bay, even if he does start to give up home runs. And a 419 despite a 2.0 homer nine last year. Man. So, like, I mean, do you think he's going to get back up to 2.0 again? I think he could. Okay, um, but then if that's like, I'm not. I I understand that. that I think you got. I think you ride with it right now. Like, he can you be know. higher than a 419 for over. I I grant that. Yeah. I'm just saying. I feel like you're going to get a modest ERA, but a good whip, and I think the strikeouts will head back up because he's at a 14% swing strike yeah. rate. The 20% K rate doesn't make sense. So, I don't know, man. I I think he's pretty good. I. I think he's got a lot of potential and it, like pitching in that division is fantastic. Like it's just, that's definitely there, true. there are pretty good parks in that position or that, uh, that uh, division. And there's just so many teams that you're like, is there an offense in that division? You're really afraid of like, I guess the white Sox ish, but they're, yeah, they're, they're missing, they're missing guys and stuff. I mean, his, so. his own offense scares me more. His own yeah. Bailey Ober's own team, like Minnesota, I think is is better. Speaking of which, like I I, I wrote up, uh, I mean it was a kind of a slow news day yesterday, um, in terms of like you know performances that I really cared about writing up. Um, so I wrote up Max Kepler. He Kept is dog, quietly dude. having a really fantastic year and getting extremely unlucky. He has like a three eighteen xba. In fairness, he does this every year. So at some point, I'm not sure if it's if it's bad. Go look at his stat cast. His style. Listen, I love Kept Dog. I'm I'm fully aware. By the way, he is obliterating the Tigers. That Grand Slam yesterday was Mm -hmm. like his third or fourth homer against. It was his fourth homer against the Tigers. Um, He is destroying my favorite team. But I I love Kept. I really do. He's always had these low babips though, and so I wonder if. It's just the way he hits. Because like last year, he had a good stat cast too. No, like it wasn't this good. It wasn't. I don't think so. I'll I'll double check, but it's pretty good. Um, I know his barrel rate was actually higher than it is this year so far. But um, I I love him. I'm I'm a huge Kepler fan. I've been waiting for a batting average spike because of his his good stat cast numbers and low BABIPs. But he's a 249 career BABIP. So I just think that he's got issues with with Babbitt. Now this year he's finally getting the ball on the ground 
Um, and I, it's weird to say that because usually the power guy, you're yeah. fine with it in the air. But that's part of why his BABIPs are so low because he lives in the air, 43% career, but 36 this year for Kepler. Um, he's up to a 42% ground ball weight, and it has fueled a 272 BABIP, which is actually a five-year high for Kepler. But I really do like him, so I, I like that, that you wrote him up. Mm -hmm. I usually read the roto write up during uh, during lunch, so I, I was unaware of what you what you said. Oh, I didn't I didn't see that you uh, had a note on Connor Overton going on the aisle. That guy was pitching out of his ass. He was he was like there was regression coming um, in, in like the like, most painful way though too. Yeah, and it was not going to be smooth. He, he was saved by just an awful injury. Yeah, stress fracture, which is a weird thing back. to say. Yeah, but he had a 520 uh, Sierra and a 182 ERA. Yeah, it was it, it was, was it was coming. But anyway, yeah. Bailey Ober, we like him. Taiwan Walker, um, 25% Yahoo, 50% ESPN. Big Taiwan Walker fan, always have been. Uh, so my bias is on the table. Hey man, my man went into. Coors Field and dropped seven scoreless. Now, it was on everybody's bench because nobody was obviously going to start him for that. But now he's got three straight good starts in a row, three earned runs across 19 innings, only 11 strikeouts, though. The strikeouts are the problem, but he doesn't walk, guys. And if he keeps the hits in order, which he has the last three years, 7-8, 7-5, and 7-3 are his hit rates. Um, it's, it's a good whip. He's been under 120 each of these last three years. He's on a good team. If he can stay healthy, which is obviously a major if with Taiwan, I think Taiwan Walker can be a whip asset and help you out as well. And he's he's pretty widely available. Yeah, I'm I'm honestly a little surprised. Like his strikeout rate is so low. Like it, it shouldn't be that low. Um, so I would expect strikeouts to come up. Uh, for him, it's all about health. Like you said, like it's uh, he, when he's on the mound, he's usually pitching fairly well. Um, and uh, it's just a matter of time, though, before he's off the mound, unfortunately, because he's just this guy who consistently gets hurt. So um, I, he's kind of perfect, though, in, in your shallower formats, your 10s, your 12s, right? Like, he's a guy like, yeah, he gets injured. Oh, well, you move on to the next guy because there's plenty of other guys available. He's a guy I tend to avoid exactly. um, because I play mostly deeper leagues, uh, and there isn't guys available to go out and get um is easily in, in the leagues that i tend to play in so uh i think yeah if, if you're in a 10 or a 12 like i think you it's a great park to pitch in the division isn't nearly as difficult as maybe we thought it was going to be um outside of philadelphia just having a monster offense uh, and so you kind of avoid that and um you know he doesn't have to pitch against his own team so that's helpful uh, and yeah I, yep. I think it's um I, I think you're right. I think he's going to be a, a will whip asset as long as he's healthy. Um, the problem is he's already been injured. feels like a few times this year. Um, I, so I think uh, you're right. Yeah. Definitely once. Cause he was, he was returning. I think once was in spring training. Um, and oh yeah, that's right. Ways. And then he got hurt again in April. So yeah, he does have two yeah. injuries so far this year, but um, Taiwan Walker could definitely get some whip from him. Let's see what he's got on the docket coming up. He gets, Philly on the weekend, so be careful. And then at the Dodgers, so maybe don't pick him up yet. Maybe yeah. put him on the watch list. I don't want either of those starts. I don't. Mm -mm. I don't. I got to favor all of the other guys over Taiwan Walker right now. And maybe even this next guy, our last guy for the pickups before we get into some trade candidates, Brad Keller. Um, He's having a, a pretty solid season so far. 
starting to come back to the pack. You know, his first five starts were off the charts, 174 ERA. Nobody was expecting that to maintain. Over his last three, he's at a 549 ERA. Uh, but one of those starts was particularly bad at Texas, and then the other two have been solid seven-inning outings. Uh, but when he's going, he can be a whip guy. It, it's hit and miss, though. Like 2020 in the shortened season, uh, which is about the same sample size as this season so far, he had a 102 whip. This year, he has a 103. But his career is 135. One so Keller can be dodgy. Um, he doesn't walk a ton, but the hits are usually the problem for him. Is the KC defense good enough to turn all those Keller ground balls into outs and make him a whip asset worth picking up? What do you think about Brad Keller? Oh, I've been riding Keller in a few leagues. <laughs> been going well, 320-103 yeah. right now, but only 15% Ks, 1-5. Yeah. That's, that's low. Yeah, it's um, he's just kind of getting me through and helping me mm -hmm. stabilize my ratios. Um, he gives up so much contact. Uh, that's that, the like, tough part. Yeah, that I, and I just worry as like the ball starts to like move a little bit that that's going to become a, a real problem for him. And I mean, KC will heat up. Like that's not yeah. a good park to hit in. It's a it's a pitcher's park, but heat is heat, and it helps everywhere. Yeah, and I'm just. I just worry that the homers are gonna come up a, a, you know, a little bit, and um, if that happens, does he live in the zone as much as he wants to? And then what happens Start to the walk array? And yeah. yeah, so like I think this is another one of these situations where hey, ride it right now, especially because again, a good division to pitch in, right? Like so, mm -hmm. it's um, and a good park to pitch in. So like I think you ride it for the moment and hope that. Uh, you're able to jump off quickly when it starts to go awry because I do think it will go awry at some point. Keller gets at Minnesota and at Cleveland uh, with his next two starts. I'm fine with and that. I'm fine with both, even with Minnesota being kind of tough. If you're going to go with Keller right now, you can go with that. He threw seven innings, four runs uh, against them last time out, which isn't great, but seven innings. You know, you, you like the volume there. So I agree with you, though. Um, with Keller, I do worry that it, you know, he has a 229 BABIP right now. He basically needs good BABIP and, and hit suppression to really fuel a good, a good whip. And uh, that's my concern. Like you said, once things get tougher, does he start nitpicking a little, or, you know, uh, picking the edges a little bit more? So be careful with this one. He was ranked lo lowest here on purpose. Um, ranking these guys in terms of availability. Or, or in terms of how much I like them, since they're all pretty available in ESPN and or Yahoo, some uh, you know, so, some have big splits. Like, uh, why is Taiwan Walker fifty percent at ESPN but only twenty five percent at Yahoo? I don't know. But anyway, I would go Anderson, Ober, Eflin, Walker, Keller. I think I'm going. I think you're going the order that they're listed based on what you said. I think. Yeah, I think so. Uh, maybe Anderson, maybe, Eflin, maybe I switch Walker over. Okay, yeah, because you are worried about Ober's homers, which is fair, by the way. I'm not saying that like to. And I mean, we're and we're talking about pickups, like where, like you know, these are obviously for shallower leagues. I mean, in 15s, these guys are already gone more than likely. exactly. Um, so you know, there's replacement, you know, on the waiver wire when Walker does go down again, but mm -hmm. um. 
Yeah, so I, yeah, I think I'd probably go Anderson, Eflin, Walker, Ober, Keller, long term. Perfect. All right, now let's talk about some some trade league stuff. You know, we play mostly NFBC, the two of us. You you have some other leagues that are trading. I only have one that you could possibly trade in. So this is this is for our trade folks because we do do a lot of NFBC stuff based on what we play. But I don't want to leave our trade folks out. And um, if you want to help your whip that way and get something more impactful. Obviously, I could have included any number of aces, but that doesn't really do us any good. I'm trying to find guys who would be gettable at a non-crippling price. Because if you got to give Jose Ramirez to get, you know, Corbin Burns, uh, are you really helping yourself that much? <laughs> like you're getting a great pitcher, but you're giving away a, a ton of hitting. So let's talk about five guys who you could trade for that have uh, uh, some major whip upside. Let's start with Bailey Ober's twin teammate basically and I, I say that uh i wasn't even thinking about the fact that they're on the twins i was calling them twins because joe ryan isn't terribly different um he doesn't quite have the same home run rate uh, at, at 2.0 last year that overhead it was 1.4 for joe ryan and he's actually suppressed the homers very nicely this year he's down at 0.6 joe ryan is but he's another one of these guys that gets pretty solid strikeouts doesn't walk anybody but lives in the zone and has a high fly ball rate, which means he's susceptible to the long ball. Like Ober, his home run suppression so far this year has been homer to fly ball related, 5%. So I do think Joe Ryan's homers are going to go back up. But again, I don't care because even if he has a four ERA, if it comes with a 1.08 whip or whatever and a bunch of Ks, I'm good with that. But I don't even know that his ERA will go that high. I'm a huge Joe Ryan fan. He's one of my big breakout picks. I got him for a sub four ERA this year, and I think he's a great trade target who won't cost you an arm and a leg to fix that whip. What do you think about Joe Ryan? And then compare him to Ober, who you do have the questions uh, about same issues with Joe Ryan, or do you see him a little differently? Um, some of the same issues, right? I mean, it's like a yeah. over fifty percent fly ball percentage. Uh, you do kind of wonder, like, as things start to warm up, uh, you know, around the country, especially in that division, like, are the balls going to fly start flying out? I, but does all the same things that we like about uh, Bailey Ober, Joe Ryan does. Uh, the one thing that Joe Ryan has been doing um, that Bailey Ober has not been doing is inducing just a crap ton of soft contact. Mm -hmm. Among qualified starters, he is fifth in Major League Baseball with the most amount of soft contact. And, and um, that helps the fly balls not be mm -hmm. as bad because he's a pop-up yeah. machine right now, which are basically automatic outs. And to the benefit of uh, both Ober and Joe Ryan, uh, that outfield defense is fantastic. Exactly. Uh, you know, I mean, Buxton is just a monster in the outfield, uh, you know, as long as he's healthy. Uh, Kepler's a great defender. Um, and then whoever they put out and left. It should be Royce Lewis. Get Royce Lewis back on this I team. Know. What the hell are you doing? I uh, know. And, and like, he played well, too. But it, yeah. it became a roster crunch based on, like, options and stuff. I'm I'm yeah, I'm sorry, you can't tell me like he deserves to be in the majors less than like half of the people on that team right now. Like it's, it's just not half. I mean that the move would have been Gilberto Celestino. I don't know why Celestino held the role held the role over him. Because <laughs> Nick Gordon's out of options, so I get that. Sure. But then you let Celestino go. Kirloff then, sucks right now. Well, yeah, Miranda sucks so Jack, right yep, now. Miranda has not like, been good. So you go, you go, Lewis. Trevor Larnark. I mean, I like Larnark, but like he's like Lewis has nothing to prove 
in the minor leagues at this point. He clearly makes that team better. Like, I don't understand. Like, they're in a playoff race that's going to be tight uh, in that division. Like, he should be on this team. Kirloff's in the minors. Oh, is he? Did they send him down? He's in the minors on on, uh, roster resource here. I I didn't know this either, so I'm saying this a little bit incredulously. Let me look this up. Interesting. Yeah, I did not got know option a week ago, and we missed. Well, it. good. That, that he should have. Yeah, I, I missed that. I missed that. Pardon me on that. So, but again, I'm still looking at Gilberto Celestino, and I'm wondering why he kept a job over Royce Lewis. And to his credit, Celestino also playing well in his 75 plate appearances. But it's Royce Lewis. Yeah. And yeah, so just... that's the thing. I'm just like, what? So anyway. Um, Joe Ryan, I really, really like him. I was huge on him coming into the year. You guys probably tired of me talking about him, but I would definitely go out. So, and buy. but back to that soft contact. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, um, there are a number of guys who are on this these lists today that are doing this. Tyler Anderson mm-hmm. um, is fourth in baseball in in uh, the highest soft contact percentage. Uh, if he qualified, um, Zach Eflin would be first. Wow. On the list. Um, and we're about to talk about Miles Mikolas here in a little bit. And he mm-hmm. is 10th. So like these, these are, these are, you know, it's nice to see these guys on the same list as Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Julio Urias, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, and Chris Bassett. Fantastic. And they don't walk guys either. So mm-hmm. they're not just getting blasted when they don't walk guys. That, that means that their command is improving. So they're mm-hmm. throwing better pitches in the zone. And that's particularly helpful for somebody like a Joe Ryan, who command was kind of the issue last year where he's like, I can live in the zone, but what kind of pitches are you throwing in the zone? He gave up too many homers. And this year he's kind of taken a step forward with that, at least so far 5% homer to fly ball rate also helping him, but all those pop-ups uh, are a big deal. Let's talk about a big buy high here, but a buy high that I think will be affordable. Because I don't think anybody's asking you for like a, a top five round hitter for Eric Lauer. And yet I believe in this. This is actually dating back to last year now. This is not just a fresh seven start breakout. You look at him from the second half of last year, and he's been amazing. In fact, he's been 11th in strikeout to walk rate among 125 starters since July of last year, since the second half of last year, Eric Lauer had. But if you take all of his 2021, 2021, excuse me, uh, and add it to this year, it's 160 innings with a 109 whip, 292 ERA, and 171 strikeouts. So well over a strikeout per inning. Eric Lauer has been a beast now for like a full season's worth of work. And so I believe in this, and I'm open to going out and buying high, uh, especially if I'm trying to fix my whip. He'll also help your uh, ERA, your uh, strikeouts, and give you some wins because he's on a quality team. What do you think about Eric Lauer? Are you also interested in buying? Absolutely. Um, shout out to my tag team partner, Shelly Verstrake, because she was huge on Eric Lauer coming into the season, um, and he has helped carry our pitching staff in, in the tag team league. Um, he, uh, he's he got a career uh, low zone contact percentage, uh, a career high swing and strike rate, a career high O swing. Um, he's doing a good job of uh, kind of limiting the hard contact. There are a fair amount of fly balls, but not as not as quite as many as like Ober and Ryan. 
Um, so like, I don't think the homer, the home run rate is like going to come down. You know, he's at 1.5 right now. I think that's probably where he lives and he is getting lucky kind of in the strand rate department. Um, but he's even with lucky. regression, like he's probably like a three, 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 four ERA pitcher with a good whip and he gets strikeouts. Um, yeah, I, I like Lauer a lot. Lots yeah. of like here, right? And Mile I, an hour. I, go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, to your point, like you have to buy high on him, but like I think most people who have him roster are gonna go, Oh, I'm selling high. Okay. Exactly. Like I'm I'm not, you know, I'm like I think he could legitimately be like a top thirty, top thirty-five starter rest of the way. And I don't think you're gonna have to pay that. I, I don't I don't either. Let's let's come up with some names here and see where we're at uh, with Eric Lauer on a buy high because yeah it will be pricey but uh, I don't think it'll be egregious. Would you give Josh Bell in a one for one? Yes, if I if I needed the pitching, yeah, I would. Yeah, yeah. Again, need the line here. You've got great hitting. Your pitching just hasn't come together. You have some hitting that you can give. Uh, what about and, and if I say a name that you don't think will get it done, also point that out because this one might be borderline. But let's go with the guy we we just talked about. What about Kepler? Four, six homers, two steals, yeah. two sixty two average. And I love okay. Kepler. Like Kepler yeah, for Lauer. I'm a big Kep dog that. fan. Mm -hmm. Okay. What about uh, now? This one's actually a little bit of a sell low buy high. So you might be thinking somebody might be like, okay, I'm buying low and I'm selling. I'm getting out from under my Eric Lauer. This guy's turned it around a bit, and I, I didn't realize that he actually kind of got out of his uh, a little bit of a funk recently. But Randy Arozarena, uh, prior to his eight hits in the last three games, had a 622 OPS and 225 average. Now he's up to 258 and 722. So he kind of fixed things. But would you do Eric Lauer for Randy Arozarena? I'm not giving up Arozarena for Lauer. Okay. I just I love Arozarena. I mean, that's – that's um, fair. A, he's a 2020 I'm, guy last year. Yeah, and I think he's like you said, he's turning it around. Like Jason's been talking mad shit because he hates how it's seeing him struggle. But um wait, he's been talking shit on a Rosarena? Yeah, you oh you're not I didn't, didn't wear his yeah. corner this week. I, I, I no no what 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 wasn't on wasn't on sleeper in the bus like just in general. oh was in our group chat yeah in our I, group I must, chat and um, I must have missed been, some some it's hate. been all year all year he's been talking trash on my boy. Um but uh, he's 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 turning around. I love it. Rosarena, big forever, forever in my heart. Big part of my uh, big part of my NFBC main win. Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I got uh, I, I don't have the full set yet. I need to get a few more. But I get I'm getting a card from everybody on the team, and then I'm putting nice. it in a little, little card book. My mom actually came up with that idea years ago. We we went to like three card shops around town and got cards for all the guys on my dad's winning team. And he nice. loved it. Like so that. that's been something that I've liked uh, ever since. But anyway, let me do one more name here. Because, yeah, I thought a Rosarena was a little high there. I just wanted yeah. to see where you were at. I wanted to see where you were at. It's defensible, uh, though. It is. It is. Yeah, it wouldn't even be. I think I've, maybe make it a two for two to smooth it out a little bit. Yeah. Uh, with that, by the way, Lauer is the 36th player on the Razball player Raider. Just to get an idea of what we're working with here. A Rosarena is only 85th, but he's got a green arrow up because yeah. he's been cooking lately. So what about, um, let me see if I can do a sell high for sell high. Oh, here we go. Taylor Ward. That's a sell high for sell high. 
Uh, I mean, yes, I don't know. Um, I mean, I would definitely sell Ward for that, especially with the injury issues going through right now. Um, uh, I don't know if, if the Lauer owner is going to do that you until we so? get. Well, I guess well, until he's getting yeah, like yeah, an MRI yeah. on his like. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I think if he comes back clear and stuff like that, then yeah, I think that then I think that's a fair, fair deal. Cause I, I do like what Ward has been doing. Like, I don't think, yeah. e- I don't think either side is like necessarily outright, outright winning that deal, but I Agreed. think you have to wait until Ward is. But healthy. you got You got to get the health checkup. That's a good yeah. call. He missed a couple games uh, a while ago and he's missed the last two now as well so he's kind of been and, it, and it's that that's that really tough part with taylor ward where he's not going on the il so you're just getting you're getting you hit just you're getting stuck. Zeros. yeah yeah mm-hmm. and so that's that's the tough part but he's been so electric that it's hard to really get too mad at him um oh you mentioned miles michaelis that we were going to talk about him and that is mm-hmm. happening now he looks back and i love it because i really enjoyed his breakout year in 2018 his 2019 wasn't, you know, it was regression. It was exactly what we all thought, right? Like that's the what the regression looks like. He went from 283, 107 to 416, 122, which was still pretty capable. And by the way, even if he was only that 416, 122, that would still help your whip. Uh, but 196, 098 so far this year on the ERA whip combo for Michaelis. He looks even better than the 2018 iteration so far. Obviously, he's not going to hold that level, but he should remain good. He's got the right team for a guy who doesn't get a ton of strikeouts because that defense can turn uh, balls in play into outs like crazy. And so Miles Michaelis, with his career 118 whip uh, and even better since joining St. Louis, it's 113. Is he somebody you'd go out and trade for to fix your whip issues? Um, yes. Uh, and he he would definitely – be a huge target because I think like people are like ah uh, one this isn't sustainable two like I get no strikeouts from the guy um this is extremely sustainable uh, I mean not only you know I talked about how he has one of the best soft contact percentages for a pitcher in all of baseball also has one of the best hard contact percentages at twenty four percent hard contact uh, allowed um, that is uh, let's, oh sorry tenth best in baseball some of those names on that list. Uh, Michael Kopech, Alec Manoa, Hugh Darvish, Carlos Rodon, Dylan Cease, Pablo Lopez, Max Scherzer, Louis Urias. That's good good names to be associated with. Yeah. Um, he doesn't give up like like over 50% fly balls. It's it's still higher than you probably like to see, but it's a great park to pitch in. It's a fantastic division to pitch in uh, with a bunch of bottom feeder teams in the Cubs, the Pirates, the Reds. Uh, great defense behind him. Like this is, uh, this is like a perfect uh, like confluence of events for a guy like Nicholas. I picked him up in a dynasty league where I'm rebuilding, uh, and because it's like you know he's going to go deep into games, mm-hmm. um, and he's not going to get a lot of strikeouts. So like I'll get the innings I need to qualify for my innings limit. Um, but I won't like rack up a ton of strikeouts with it. And, you know, maybe his ratios will be like mediocre ratio has been amazing. And now I'm been looking, insane, dude. I'm looking to get to flip him uh, for, for, you know, a future asset to further my rebuild. Uh, I think this is completely sustainable. Uh, um, honestly, it's kind of one of my favorites out of this whole list. So yeah, uh, I, I like Nicholas a lot. 
No, I'm 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 totally in on Miles Michaelis. And do you remember do you remember how cheap he was uh in like the DC uh, yeah, he was uh, drafts he, early on. He was like, absolutely he was free, dude. Yeah, like, like like I said, I picked up Michaelis in a sixteen team dynasty league. Like, I mean, picked him crazy. up off the waiver wire. Like he, that's yeah, I mean, crazy. Yeah, I mean, actually, he, just he's, looking real quick. Yeah, he, all DCs combined, all three hundred twenty one of them. Michaelis was five hundred four thirty six. Yeah, and then before the new year, I do before the new year real quick just to see because I think he was even cheaper then. What did I say for the first one? Four thirty something. It was, yeah, it was, four th- it was four sixty. Uh, yeah. So you know, a little bit cheaper. But again, anything for something for Michael is so cheap. So if you believe, we did. Come- part part of the issue is we didn't know if he was going to be healthy. Like we True. just we didn't know what the health situation was, and that's um, why he was so cheap. Mm-hmm. And but so, I- go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I just felt like I, I feel like I'm on steamrolling you like crazy today. And I'm That's really sorry. Um, but he, Michaelis, even when it was looking like he was going to be in the rotation, and everything like he was still 352 in the main. Like Michaelis just was never expensive, and. That's it's because thing. people are looking for upside late in the draft. Like this is something I've talked That's- about at length over the last few years. Is people are often like, who who is the guy that can be the next Robbie Ray or the next Logan Webb? And like those guys, he you want has upside, but he doesn't have the strikeout upside. You I know, I know. That's right. That's fair. Um, because and, it's the most bankable stat. Like, yeah, it's the easiest thing to say. Okay, this will turn into something. But to your earlier point that you kind of let off with, whip and ERA are the things that move the most. And so, yes. like, you want these guys who can stabilize your ratios. Um, and you can pair him with the high strikeout guys. Like, right? You can pair him with, you know, and hope that those guys do take a step forward. And now you've got an elite ratio with, you know, those you know, the strikeouts you got from the other guys. And, so, and Michaelis can cover their ratios if they don't come to exactly. Fruition. So I, I like the pairing there of a mm-hmm. Michaelis. With somebody else, I only got him in one DC, so I'm I'm talking a big game. I don't want to pretend like I got him everywhere. I didn't. I, I, I didn't either. I wasn't I wasn't out. It was more of like, okay, he's on the list, and I just was getting some other some other dudes there with Michaelis. So I'm with you in terms of uh, he might be my favorite here. Uh, Joe Ryan's actually my favorite, but Michaelis from a cost perspective as well. Like I think he's gonna be cheaper than Lauer, but could be just as good. What about Chris Bassett? Somebody you love, and you know what? give you a little tip of the old cap there because uh i gave you some pretty stern pushback and uh, i think you had him like 40 something and i was like mm-hmm. damn dude like 40 is like he just i think i had him I, I think i had him higher than that honestly. maybe even within the top 35 yeah. and i was like he basically has to has to repeat and you're like okay challenge accepted because that's exactly what he's doing his strikeout and walk rates are equal his hit rate is damn near equal seven three to seven four his ERA is better, and his WHIP is slightly worse from 315 to 277 on the ERA, from 106 to 109 on the WHIP. So he's repeating. He's been amazing. I Talk had him 27th. 27th. Okay, yeah. So I undersold you there at, at top four, and I was like, man, dude, you're really asking a lot of a 33 year old. You were correct. He's been amazing so far. Obviously, it's only eight starts. You know that you, you know it's not over yet. But you got to be feeling great about your Chris Bassett love. Did that parlay into pickups? Do, do you have him? In no, I don't. I, I oh, mean, I got, I do have him in leagues, but like, I got, enough. 
I got sniped, like Delton Del Don sniped uh, me on him at the main event in, in Vegas. Main, yep. Um, I didn't get him in other le- as many as other leagues as I would have liked. I got him in a lot of DCs and things like that, early drafts. Um, it's one of the reasons I like doing early drafts because I feel like I can get my guys before other people start to catch up on on uh, the guys that I really like. So, um, but yeah, I mean, he's been fantastic. You know, like I mentioned earlier, I mean, he's got the best soft, uh, the highest soft contact percentage in all of baseball. It's a great park to pitch in. Um, you know, that division isn't as scary uh, as we thought it was going to be. Uh, you know, he's uh, got a career low in uh, in zone contact right now. A career Chris high Bassett in, uh, with the Mets, by the way. Yeah, a career high uh, O swing, a career high swinging strike rate. Um, he is uh, attacking the zone at sixty two percent first pitch strike rate, which is a, a you know close to uh, his career high. Like he is doing everything we want him to do, and um, yeah, absolutely love it. It's uh, the breakout. The breakout had already happened, and I just don't think people thought it was. Um, sustainable and i think um i think too ending the year injured kind of held down his price a little bit yeah you know? and he was he hit by that to finish. ball yeah but it wasn't an arm injury right exactly. it was like it was the flukiest of fluky injuries um and he did return enough to be like like he for me watching bassett in those last couple of outings it was like okay mm-hmm. he's not afraid and you never know how it's going to affect you till you get back out on the mound yeah right it can be really scary and you would never blame a guy who was like, you know, cautious. And it, if it got in your head, you could understand that. But he showed no ill signs, at least in the in the limited outings that we got after he returned uh, for Bassett. And he's just been a god with the with the Mets. He looks amazing. He has the lowest average exit velocity of any qualified starter. That's incredible. That's yeah. incredible. And you know, he's not a strikeout drain either. Strikeout per no. inning, you'll take that all day yeah, with these. Absolutely. Great Quality mm-hmm. team to keep his wins going. So Bassett looking pretty nice. Uh, let's talk about the old stalwart here, uh, the, the whip god for many moons, and Michaelis's teammate, Adam Wainwright. 287 ERA, 119 whip. Actually, the, the whip's running a little bit high relative to expectations and to how well he's been pitching. I think he can actually better his whip from here forward. Uh, big breakout last year, or not uh, breakout, not like, <laughs> spike season, spike season, I guess we'll call it, because, uh, you know, we were kind of writing off uh, Wayno from uh, 16 through 19. He was like uh, 458 ERA, 144 whip. It's like, this is, this is over. And then in the pandemic season, the, the, the two months there, he pitched well, but it's like, okay, it's the, it's the pandemic. Season. Like I put nothing into that for Wayno. And then last year he killed it, like I said, <laughs> breakout season. But the spike season from him there was awesome, and he's carried it over. And like I said earlier, I think his whip could actually come down because he has a 10% walk rate right now, which is a career high. He's career 7%. I think he gets the walks back in check. Um, I think he, I think he will not have a good strikeout rate. He didn't really have a great one last year, 21%. He's at 19% this year. But great whip, solid ERA. And win opportunities on a good team. I like Wayno, and I think he'll be very cheap. Out of the, I think he'll be the cheapest out of this group because he's 500 years old. What do you think about Wayno? Mm, I don't think he will be the cheapest out of this group. I still think Michaelis is the cheapest out of this group. Um, you think so? 
Yeah. Oh man. Because Wayno is the name value. Like, and he's coming I, off that huge season last year. I would love um, that then. I'll I'll take Michael then if you I'll if put he's a the poll cheapest. out. I'll pull a poll out yeah. uh after we're done with this. Like who 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 is better rest of the way? And we'll just see like because that or who do you value highest rest of the way between okay. Wainwright and uh and Michaelis? Um I like and it. we'll see. Uh but man, this has all the ingredients to go pretty poorly. Um, but some ingredients to go pretty well. I mean, the hard contact is like under 25%. Soft contact is almost at 25%. Like, I mean, like the, that's, or no, let's see, soft contact is 14%. Um, so, but that's not bad. And the hard no. contact is really great. Um, the problem is, what do you think his zone contact percentage is right now? I mean, just by saying that, I'm I'm cleaning you in. It's, yeah, it's high. It's got to be high. Yeah, I was trying. I was trying to guess a number, but I knew high was what you were uh, what you were alluding to. Give us the number. Ninety five percent. Oh Jesus, dude. Ninety five percent zone contact. That explains Wayno's six percent swinging strike rate. Then yes, um, he's not overpowering him in the zone. Let's he, just say. he is. He is just saying, I'm going to let you hit it. But you're not gonna hit it hard enough to, for it to matter. Exactly. Um, so, and I mean, he's getting 50% ground balls, which is great. That we talked about that defense at nauseum. Um, you know, all you know, you know, in the preseason and during the season, it's a fantastic defense Even behind earlier, him. When we were talking about Michael, yes, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. It's reason, so sick. Reason why I loved Stephen Matz coming in the year, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean. This I, th- I think as things warm up, like, that is a lot of contact to be giving up. And I just – I don't think that he can sustain these levels. He, there's just going to be too many, you know, even with the defense behind him, there's going to be too many things to get through the infield. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be a major whip asset, uh, especially the walk yes. rates up like you mentioned. He's giving up so much contact that something has got to find its way through holes. Um, do I think he's going to be bad? No, I think he's. I think he's just a crafty veteran. I think he knows what he's doing, um, but I, I don't think he's going to be the whip acid he's been in previous seasons. I think all that's fair with Wayno. Um, the walk rate being up at. at- 10%. It's nine and a half. We we round, uh, but up from six last year and in, in 20. So that's, that's 271 mm-hmm. innings of a 6% mark. If he can bring that back down, then he can still be the whip asset, but we've seen when it goes wrong, Wayno's legitimately not a whip asset. It was 140, uh, 144 in the, in the 2016 to 2019 sample that I talked about. So I would be careful here. Um, he, he might be the cheapest. I do still think he'll help, though. So if he is the cheapest, if 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 Michaelis is more expensive and you can get him cheaper and you're just looking to go cheap with it, I say go for Wayno. Maybe curate his starts a little bit. Maybe skip a few tough outings. Um, but, yeah, he, he's still going to be my, my lowest priority of this group here. And in fact, I'm probably going to prioritize them as I've listed them here: Joe Ryan, Eric Lauer, Miles Michaelis, Chris Bassett, Adam Wainwright. What about you? What's what's your order? Um, Considering ooh. cost too, because that's why I have Joe Ryan at the top because I think his cost uh, will be lower than Lauer's, but he could he could be just as good. Really? 
I don't think his cost will be lower than Lars. I'm going to do a poll on that one too. No. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do there was poll so sure. there was so much hype on Joe Ryan coming into the season from me, I, from not just you. There were from lots primarily of primarily me. You just heard it from me all the time. Yeah, I heard it from you all the time. But like, I I listen to you nonstop because I have to. Um, yeah, that's why I think it skews your perception of how much hype there was. Um. Mm, yeah, so Bassett, Lauer, Michaelis, Ryan, Wainwright. Wayno. Okay. I think, that, I think um, that's all fair. And we don't have huge splits there either. We liked the top four a good bit and then Wayno with the I do aid. feel like all these guys, though, would be, outside of Wainwright, um, would be undervalued by the market. Because like, they're whip I, guys, I, and that's just how whip is. Whip is the yeah. runs for pitching. It's not as highly valued. So Their look is boring. Um, and that's fine. I I don't mind boring. I honestly wish like I had planned on one in one draft, like just drafting a bunch of these guys, um, like just just load up on hitting and just, and, and I wish I had, because like, I'd probably be doing much better than I am in some of my (laughs) lives where I drafted Garrett Cole and, you know, guys like that. So that loser. Yeah. Uh, never heard of him, you know, Brandon Woodruff, just killing my ERA. Uh In towers, I've got like a forty ERA in towers right now. A forty? It's not quite that bad, but it's close. Don't it's, worry about Wayno, by the way. Don't worry about Woodruff. Or, I mean, not Wayno Woodruff. Yeah, he's fine. No joke. My ERA in towers five point oh nine. Oh my god! In a year when there's yep. so much pitching, my is ERA a- is double that of the person in first place. That's Scott Angle has a 254 whip. Or sorry, 254 ERA. My whip that's, 137. That's and I'm currently in sixth place. So you're hanging I, in there. I, I, my team is great, other than my ERA. And I had Granky go yesterday. Like, so as you, oh. like <laughs> I mean, it was against Arizona. Like, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, I also started our stream Zach Davies in a few weeks. So that was fun. I just I, I like my my offense is great. You should ghost that trick saves. right off your team. Yeah, I should absolutely. I can't believe there were people standing up for him. In I had like pu- I I had pushback on Twitter. So like, did I, dude. They're for those who always, don't know, for those who don't always. know, we're talking about Zach. You can look up Zach Davies uh, and his wife. Well, uh, how do we know it's true? Yeah, exactly. Like would, uh, Zach da- Zach Davies's wife uh, and him. Got uh, uh, finalized their divorce. He ghosted her like Straight two up years ago. Ghosted her. Just yeah, quit like, the marriage. Se- sent sent a t- sent a text message saying that he wanted a divorce and then blocked her phone number. She hasn't heard from him in two years. That's like the most insane thing ever. Dude. <laughs> like, how do you? He, do he that? was having an affair. So, um, yeah. yeah, just a, just a garbage person. Just a um, bitch made loser, man. So like, that's I'm, unbelievable. I'm, I'm glad that uh, he got blown up. I wish I hadn't picked him and, up. For like for the for the both sides people what's the other side that that's, that's going to make that viable and like do you think not to give that too much air because it's such a stupid thing to say do you think that if, if zach had like some devastating like trump card that he could play back on her that would expose her then she probably wouldn't have said anything then if she like yeah stole millions of dollars from him and cheated on him with her brother with his brother or something or her brother that'd be weird um that'd be really weird yeah 
like if there was something like that then why would she come forward if she knew she could just be exposed? Like, I don't understand these people that instantly jump to what if it's fake? What if she's like, like and it's not like she did it during the divorce, like to try exactly. to get more money or anything she like that. Like, she waited, waited because she waited till the ink was dry on the divorce. Um, and like, because she was, she was so like, heartbroken and felt awful. She was yeah. ashamed. Like, anyway, not to make it a whole thing about that, but fuck Zach Davies, man. Yeah, and again, absolutely. like if your first thing is like, maybe this is fake. I was like, why? Think through that. What would make it fake? Why? What's the value to her? I just I got I got pushed back too, and it just drove me insane. I, 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 was, I couldn't I was like, believe I got pushed back. Like I got I the just, whole like, how do you know it was her? I was like, I did the nine seconds it took to investigate the Instagram handle, and it's so very clearly her with a bunch of brewers' wives and all that. It's just it's brain dead shit. Mm -hmm. Anyway, sorry to end on a down note. Go fix your whip, y'all. Don't let it linger too much. Now. I, I don't want to give like contradictory advice. On one hand, I'm saying you can fix ratios later in the season. So it's not mission critical that you have to go out and fix it, but you don't want to have to be busting your hump on the ratios later in season because when you are streaming one bad outing can ruin the good work of like four good outings. So mm -hmm. if you are having whip or ERA issues right now, start attacking them now. And we just gave you 10 whip guys that you can pick up or trade for depending on lead type. So Jason, we'll talk or Jason, Justin, we'll talk again on Friday. I'm all over the place again. Uh, I, I got a scatterbrain like crazy. Zach Davies got me worked up. Great talking with you. Enjoy your Nolan Gorman, but not too much. I don't want you to be too successful in our league, but uh, we'll talk Friday. Are we changing times? Oh, we're not. Well, we'll talk okay. about it off. Here. Okay, but so yeah, we'll, um, we're, 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 we'll be probably regular time on Friday. Perfect. Uh, I will try not to ghost you like Zach Davies. Yeah, please don't Zach Davies me. And um, no watch party this week. My timing is a little off, but then next week. Okay, sounds good. Next week. Uh, and, all right, bye. Take it easy.